We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings and hello, my fellow galactic travelers. Welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Next to me, as always, Chief Engineer Bob in our command center and circling Planet 8 in our orbital satellite is our reconnaissance officer, the lady, the myth, Karen. You've tuned in to our latest episode where we are going to talk about past convention experiences. I'm sure you've all been to comic cons, wonder cons, toy cons, you name it, I'm sure there's a convention for it. Let's go over to Chief Engineer Bob. What's one of your earliest, fondest, and or most memorable convention experiences? Well... I'm an old guy, so I did actually start going to conventions in 76, 77, and a lot of those were strictly Star Trek conventions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one, of the, one of my favorite ones, early ones, uh, and this was back when San Diego was great, <laughs> was San Diego Comic-Con 1980, and uh, I think there was like a dozen of us sharing a room. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> but the beautiful thing about that was they brought over a gaggle of Japanese animators. Mm. They had basically Osamu Tezuka, who was the, the Disney of Japan. They had uh, Go Nagai, who spurred the whole super robot genre. They had Monkey Punch, who uh, did Loop on the Third. And they had uh, Sadeo Miyamoto and Ipe Curry, who created a lot of the Tatsunoko series, everything from Speed Racer to Gachaman to Kashan, Tekaman, all of that. And uh, it was just an amazing thing to see all these guys in one room or in one hall. Right. And uh, it was early enough in the fandom that they were totally amazed that anyone over here even knew who they were <laughs> or even knew their work. You know, I'm sure Tesca knew that Astro Boy and Kimba and, you know, those have come over here. But just the breadth of knowledge of fan, of the fans over here and the reaction, because they were saying that in conventions in Japan, everyone is fairly subdued. But over here, they're like rock stars, and everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, all right. And that was also like the first time, because they all brought their newest works to show off, of course. And uh, that was the first time I saw Loop on the Third. It was Castle of Cagliostro and... You know, we went and saw that, and it's like, God, this is amazing. The characters are amazing. You know, it's, there's comedy, there's action, there's fun. And uh, and then Osamu Tezuka brought his newest at the time, which was Phoenix 2772, which had a lot of rotoscoping and camera movements that you would never see in animation. Maybe now, but back then, you know, animation was fairly flat. Mm-hmm. Everything was shot at one angle, but he had cameras that were panning, rotating, you know, almost like a Matrix kind of thing where they go around oh, the characters. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing little film if you, if you check it out. Rumor had it that Leiji Matsumoto, who uh, 
created Captain Harlock and worked on Space Cruiser Yamato. Was supposed to be there and didn't couldn't make it. But that was, I think, the height of San Diego right there, just uh, having those guys. And uh, it's never been the same since. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick it up to the satellite. Karen? Well, it's funny because um, my early memory is also a San Diego Comic Con. Um, the, the first convention I ever went to uh, when I was but a wee child uh, was the San Diego Comic Con in 1975. Uh, so this was back when they were having it at the old El Cortez Hotel. Um, oh, wow. c- certainly not the, uh, uh, you know, mammoth uh, extravaganza that it is now. It was a much more intimate affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as a kid, a uh, little kid, I was completely blown away uh, by this thing. I probably, I don't know that I'd really ever been much out of my small little central coast town. Um, so just being in San Diego itself was kind of mind blowing, but going to this convention was, was certainly, uh, overwhelming. I was, I was on sensory overload Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they, they had a lot of different guests there. I remember actually getting an autograph from Chuck Norris there. So it was (laughs) kind of, it was, it was kind of goofy, but, uh, the experience that I, I remember really well um, from that convention is uh, my mom had given me this little autograph book and uh, I met very early um, in the the course of the show because we were there several days, um, Jack Kirby. So Jack Kirby, the king of comics. Right. right? And I and I mainly at that time I knew Kirby and I knew uh, Stanley because I, I read all the reprint comics, you know, Marvel's greatest comics. And uh, all those reprint books that reprinted the Fantastic Four and stuff. And I had gotten, I think, Stan Lee's book, Origin of Marvel Comics, had come out by then. Um, so, you know, I was like, oh, oh, Jack Kirby, you know, I was all excited. So I went up to him and I asked for his autograph. And he was a really pleasant man. And I, at that time, I sort of knew he was over at DC, but I didn't really, it wasn't real clear to me, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he wasn't at Marvel anymore. And he was really nice. And he was like, oh, who's your favorite comic book character? And I was like, oh, The Thing. And he's like, oh, I love The Thing, too. <laughs> so I got his autograph on this piece of paper. And then, I don't know if it was the next day or day after, but anyway, shortly after, um, at the convention, I saw Stan Lee and I just about went out of my mind. I was because this was like God to me. This was Stan Lee. Right, and right. I, I was like, Oh my God. So my mom, I was like freaking out and she's like, no, no, go up and talk to him. I'm like, Stan Lee. <laughs> so she helped maneuver me up to this table and I'm like, Oh, Mr. Mr. Lee. And he's like, how are you? True believer and all this <laughs> So I had the piece of paper with Jack Kirby's signature on it. And in my little head, I thought, oh, I should get him to sign the same piece of paper. Okay, not knowing that at this time, right, this is 75, there was this big rift between Kirby and Lee. You oh know, my. Kirby. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that. So I, I go, would you autograph this? And I put the paper in front of him. And it's got Jack Kirby's signature on it. And he looks at this paper and he pauses and this pause to me <laughs> seemed to go on forever and i didn't know what was wrong but you know you have that feeling like something is wrong 
and I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like, Ooh. and he goes, so you, you saw Kirby, huh? And I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. He takes the paper and he's, he rotates it around so that he's not signing under Jack Kirby. He's signing sort of opposite Kirby. So their names are, <laughs> neither one is on top of the other. <laughs> and he signs it and he says, okay, have a great sh- show and gives it back to me. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, so I always look back on that now with the knowledge that I have about the rift between them. And I think he could have turned that into an awful moment. You know, he could have flipped the page or done something else or said something. But he was cool about it, you know. Mm. Could have thrown did, it away. <laughs> you know, he did turn the page around so he didn't have to sign under Kirby. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it was interesting with the... the uh, perspective of time to realize that you know that bad blood and everything that was there um but yeah it was a a thrilling time when you're a little kid you know you could meet the the gods of comics and have a a nice experience with them and i always remember that and i still have that piece of paper i have it up on the wall behind me actually right now as we talk uh with a picture of of uh stan lee so anyway that's a, a moment i i cherish very, very nice. I uh, One of the earliest conventions that I can recall was held uh, locally in, in the town of Oakland. Some of you who are fans of the Black Panther may have heard that city. Um, this was after the Wrath of Khan had come out, so 82, 83 maybe. The, the movie had already been out for a little while, and it was at the Hyatt which is now no longer there. There's a Walmart there, and the Walmart's now gone too, so that just goes to show you uh, what, what happens over time. Chewbacca's not the only one who's 190 years old. Anyway, um, Majel uh, Roddenberry was there. Jimmy Doohan was there. It was more of a Trek con than than anything else, but they had some comic book people there, and uh uh, I can't think of the name of the actor who played uh, Khan's. Uh, it wasn't officially his son, but for all intents and purposes, it was his son. Oh, Judson Scott. Judson Scott. And he was in a, a TV program called The Phoenix at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, he was he was there. And, um, you yeah, know, this was a convention before they were commercialized, or at least a commercial portion of the convention. San Diego was the big, you know, and always is a granddaddy of conventions. This was put on by some local shops. And so to occupy the time between the stars, they'd have these, uh, not sideshows, I don't want to make it sound like a carnival, but they had a, a belly dancer who brought in her uh, snake <laughs> and, and danced. You know, and we're like 14, 15 years old, like, what the heck's going on here? And yet we couldn't look away. Uh, now, they also had a banjo group who played at the local Shakey's Pizza on Tuesday nights. And I've never seen a belly dancer belly dance since or before to banjo music. But she did. Um, They played Little Rascal cartoons. uh, Not cartoons, but shorts. And um, anyway, just an eclectic uh, form of entertainment in between the stars. And I remember Jimmy Doohan got up to the stage and someone gave him a flask of some liquor. And he'd 
probably sat at the bar at the hotel a little while before then because he was pretty liquored up. And Majel <laughs> came up there and she was kind of, you know, oh, Jimmy, tell him the story about that time that, you know, this and that and the other happened. Um, you know, I, I, re, I don't remember how much we paid, but it, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't very well organized, but it was one of the earliest conventions I'd gone to. It was the most fun that I had. And I'm not putting down any of the organized uh, conventions out there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, corporate cons out there now with a lot of exclusive product from a lot of vendors. Um, And I'm not poo-pooing them, but um, this was a convention for the fans, by the fans. It was... It was just so memorable. Um, I'm, I'm sure, especially Karen and I, we've gone to many, many Star Trek conventions. We'll get into that. I'm going to kick it back over to Bob. Any other uh, smaller cons you went to, or did, were you involved well, in any oh, conventions? Yeah, well, or? God, basically, uh, you know, the early Star Trek conventions were were amazing because it was basically, mm-hmm. you know, the stars from the show would come out basically for free. Yeah. They would just sit there and sign. It yeah. wasn't this big, you know, yeah. corporate, you know, thing where they, you know, control every little inch of it. And, uh, you know, it was usually in a in a gymnasium at a school or it was at a right. little ballroom in a small <laughs> rinky-dink hotel somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they'd have a couple of the stars. They'd be showing, like, Star Trek episodes on 16-millimeter film in another room. Right. They'd be, right. Uh, you know, they'd have a dealer's room that had pretty much just Star Trek uniforms and tribbles and phasers and whatever. Um, it, you know, obviously, you're not going to walk in and just see just rows and rows of cool stuff, but there's a definite charm to those. Yep. And once creation came in and, and San Diego and the other stuff, and it's just like once the corporate entities got hold of these things and found out they can make money, right? then, you know, I a lot I don't even go to. I love The Walking Dead. I've never been to a, a Walking Dead thing, you know, Walker, Stalker, Con or whatever, because I don't want to go there. You know, it's like I don't want to go anymore and pay 180 bucks for to go up and sniff a celebrity. It's like... You know, I'd rather now one convention I will say these days that is amazing and I love and I all I never miss it. I go down every year is Monster Palooza. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's at it's getting bigger and they do charge for autographs, but it's not hundreds of dollars. I mean, you know, you give you give Elvira forty bucks and get an autograph and take a picture and talk to her for a bit. Right. You know. Linda Blair is there. George the Romero. When he was was there once. The amazing thing about George Romero, and I'll never forget this, is when George Romero was there, we had done back in 2009 uh, through Bay Area Film Events, which I do the film shows with, we did Creature Features Night at the Giants game. And we showed Night of the Living Dead on the big screen and had everybody after a Giants game, they all came down and sat on the field and watched Night of the Living Dead on the big screen. We had Judith O'Day there. Uh, who played Barbara in the film, and uh, John Stanley, who hosted the local Creature Features, was the host and interviewed her. But years later, this was maybe a couple of years ago, uh, George Romero was at Monster Palooza, And so I went up to him, I went to get the autograph, and I said, you know, I did a showing of Night Living Dead after a Giants game back in 2009. And he goes, yeah, I heard about that. 
Oh, that made my day. Nice. George Romero heard about something I did. <laughs> and so I ran out to the car after, and I had some of the T-shirts from that, that show. Brought one back in and handed it to him and got a picture. He's like holding up the shirt and big smile on his face. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just, it touched my heart That's that one of my cool. heroes actually heard and enjoyed you know, something that I'd done. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the things where you're not going to get that in a typical cattle call where you line up for a photo and you go in there and they tell you as you go in, don't talk to the celebrity, don't touch the celebrity, just stand there next to them, right. get your picture yeah. out. And you could just be standing next to a cardboard cutout. Right. You know, at least last time I did that, William Shatner said hello and thank you, but I did Adam West and Burt Ward and it's like they just sat there like wax dummies and you know, I was like, Why did yeah. I even bother doing this? You know, especially waiting in these big long lines. It's like I don't need an autograph, I don't need a photo with these guys. But you know, it's, it's nice. You know, I'll tell one more quick story. It was a WonderCon in Oakland. Uh, I'm sorry, in San Francisco, Moscone. And my daughter and I went to it. And she wanted to see uh, William Marsters, who played Spike in, uh, in Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. And so, you know, it was like I paid like 70 bucks for her to go in there and take a picture with him. And, whatever. You know, and he was at least nice and talked a little bit. But then we're going down and we went to the celebrity row. And I looked down Celebrity Row, and there's one booth there that, like, nobody was there. And it was William Catt, greatest American hero. Mm. So I'm like, well, let's go talk to him. So we go up there, and, you know, I said hello and, you know, introduced myself and all that. And uh, said, hey, I used to watch your show all the time. And we it sparked, conver- like, a 20-minute conversation with him. And at the end, I figured, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll give him a sign a photo. And then he signs the photo, and he goes... You got a camera? I go, yeah. He goes, let's take a picture. And, you know, he was like the coolest guy out of all the celebrities I met at these shows. He was definitely the coolest guy out of all of them. Nice. And I told my daughter, see the difference between him and William Marsters? <laughs> Nothing, not that there was anything wrong with Marsters, but, you know, when you can actually have a two-way conversation with these people. Right. And, you know, you get yeah. some little connection going. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. Not just, hey, I got a scribble on a piece of paper. Yeah. Or, hey, I stood next to a guy for two seconds and got a photo. Um, that's really not what it's all about. Right. That's what I miss from the old shows uh, was that the fact that you could really kind of mingle with a lot of the the stars and there wasn't this, you know, off-putting kind of attitude, at least most of the time. Um, they weren't bitter and, bro- and beaten down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I remember, Larry, that was that one time where we were at, and it it was a creation con, but it was one of the early creation cons, uh, Star Trek con, and uh, off in one of the side rooms, they had uh, George Takei talking about ideas he was trying to to pitch to uh, Paramount for a uh, uh, Captain Sulu uh, project. And, uh, you know, there, it, there was probably, I don't know, 50 people in the room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he gave his presentation. He was talking. And then when he got up to leave, he started walking down the, the aisle. And uh, we got up to him and we said, hey, uh, you know, we're, that was really cool. We were really interested. And he said, oh, that's great. And, you know, can we get a picture with you? And he said, sure. And, you know, you took a picture. I took a picture. Yeah. 
And uh, he was very nice. And then the next year we came back. I know I had my picture with me. Yeah. I, I went to him to get an autograph and he was like, oh, I remember this. This was after my presentation. We talked about the presentation. <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah, that was great, you know. But that's just, I find it's almost impossible. I'm not really an autograph hound or a, a picture hound. I really go for the experience of being able to talk to people. Yeah. And uh, I just don't do it that much anymore because usually now they just tell you, like Bob was saying, you know, don't talk to the celebrity, don't touch them. They just push you through, and that's not what I'm interested in. Well, and here's the thing, not not to play devil's advocate, but and nothing against William Cat. I love The Greatest American Hero. But, and I'm not a Spike or Buffy fan, you know, everybody and their mother wants Bill Shatner's autograph for whatever reason. Sure. Uh, because he's making a living off of this. A lot of them are. Um, the more popular, I think Karen was saying she went to a convention and the guy that plays Captain America was charging like 400 bucks for his autograph or something, or 500, oh, yeah. whatever. And people are not saying, forget it. They're paying for it. So... We're not knocking whatever value you find in, in collecting. That's your thing. Um, I, I don't know that I'd pay. I have paid. Uh, you know, I was there with Bob getting Batman and Robins. <laughs> we should put our pictures up there and see if uh, maybe we'll do that. Uh, they, they weren't smiling. They were, you feel guilty afterwards. It's like, oh, my God. I, you know, you had them sitting up there for hours taking pictures with strangers. But in any case, my point is, uh, whatever gives you a bang for your buck, go out there, be that fan, enjoy that experience. We've been in this game for a while, and, and it's, it's uh, I don't know, you get dejected by Bill Shatner one too many times or whoever, and it's like, eh. <laughs> um, with Karen's he, story, oh, go ahead, Walker. I was, and I was going to say, and I'm, I'm going back yet again. He's, he's uh, showing up in Phoenix <laughs> to do a special Wrath of Khan showing. Oh. <laughs> by, by God, I signed up to uh, do the backstage meet and greet. So I'm sure I'll get another one of these, you know, odd looks and, and no hello, no thank you, make, no whatever. Make, but... make sure you get something obscure like uh, the lobby card for White Apache or something like that. <laughs> oh, but, That'll get know, his if attention. If I could have actually talked to William Shatner, I was going to bring up the Devil's Reign. Oh, it's well. like, you know, I love the devil's reign. Yeah, and He's the other thing is, it, it's a factory because I've, I've done it before too. You know, there's 500 people that want his autograph, and he's only there for like X amount of hours. So it has to be like, you know, it's yeah. just yeah. It's the nature of the beast. With with Karen's story and George Takei, I, I remember it was Captain Sulu, and they were talking about all this stuff, but instead they decided to do whatever uh, film or, or TV show. And, you know, George Takei is a true Renaissance man. He had people, fans from, I want to say Germany and Japan, and he was translating for the English, German, and Japanese. Oh, I guests. forgot about that. Yeah, it was like maybe 10 of us. And he would just go back and forth, so calm. He took his time. He didn't rush through anything. Yes. He was very thankful. And it's like, I've, I've gone to some conventions. I went to the WonderCon where they had the next generation whatever anniversary they're on now, 40 years or 20 years. And all the stars were up there uh, other than Sir Patrick. And they just wanted to say thank you to the fans. They can't thank everyone because of the nature of the beast, getting the autographs out and the pictures and everything. It's a factory um, for giving them a living outside of the show. You know, a lot of them direct and write and do other stuff after the show's over 
um, a lot of them don't. And so these autographs and these pictures and stuff keep them going, you know, financially outside of the convention experience. So now after playing nice with all the, you know, pay the stars money, stand in line quietly, enjoy, I'm going to talk to you guys about fighting the man. <laughs> Karen and I have Stand gone to no, no. We'll leave Mr. Excelsior alone. <laughs> we have gone to Star Trek conventions in Santa Rosa, where the ceilings were leaking in the Holiday Inn. <laughs> and I remember Brent Spiner was there, and and this woman brings her dog, and she said, "This is Mr. Data." Oh, those wanna, people. Yeah, and and he's like, "Oh, well, thank you, madam. Uh, you've just shown me your dog's crotch," and he was very accommodating, very funny. Um, but, but we go to the, one of the Grand Slam shows in Pasadena. Oh boy. And I don't know if this is the convention where I broke out in hives, but, uh, again, going, <laughs> for those of you that have listened to our podcasts, I made reference to, uh, Red Dwarf. There's an episode in Red Dwarf where the lead character, Lister, Dave Lister gets, uh, like space chicken pox or something. And he has this huge forehead that explodes with cottage cheese and, he feels better. Anyway, I, I was not. It was kind of like that. Yeah, it was very similar. Oh, my God. I was just. I told Karen and our friend, they're like, just go to the convention. Just leave me in the hotel to die. I'll, you know, and they want to take me to the hospital and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but creation charges for everything. And my story about the original convention where you had the belly dancing lady to the banjo and they had the snake and. You know, Little Rascals cartoons, and, and it's like, you know, you go to these creation conventions, this had to be back in the like late 80s, early 90s, Walker, and they yeah. would play music videos. And they'd put, like, you know, Dr. McCoy's greatest hits to the Beach Boys' Good Vibrations, or what? Do you remember those, Walkie? Oh, yeah, they'd play those in between guests. I was like, you know, here's a new Janeway video, and you're like, what you know what does that have to do with but anyway so if you got the dilly deluxe ticket you were able to get star trek posters and what did they have walker like bracelets oh, and cups well and they stuff. had they had special posters they had uh, um buttons they had all sorts of swag that you would get if you were like right. their plat- platinum ticket or whatever right so Karen and I get there early because, you know, we want to we want to get in line and <clears throat> meet the stars and do the convention thing. And we didn't realize that the line. It, it was we thought it was just one line. Well, no, we were in the Dilly Deluxe line and they're shuffling us through. And it's like going by the swag table and we just started grabbing swag. And, and Karen's starting to freak out like they're going to ask for our tickets. What are we going to do? We're gonna have, like, follow my lead. And it was a very bad influence on me. I was. I was. I, I pick up my phone and I'm like, what? Hello? Uh, Bill, is that? Oh, you, you, yeah. We'll come to you right now, Bill. Hold on. We'll help you get in. And so I said, come on, Karen. Bill needs our help. And she's like, who's Bill? I'm like, just come on. Come on. So we grab our stuff. We go out and we got all this like cool Star Trek swag. Sticking it to the man. Nothing against creation. If you're listening to this podcast, we've given you hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years and we really do like your shows <laughs> um, but yeah i think i still have that star trek poster of uh, mccoy kirk and spock somewhere in the garage walker 
Yes, that was an adventure. It was it was actually much more exciting in person than it might sound over the air because there was that thrill of, uh, of doing something you knew was very wrong, worrying about getting, at least for me, worrying about getting caught at it, thinking I will not get into the rest of the show because I am following Larry and he is leading me down a path that can lead to no good. Uh, but then he yes, managed to pull sort of a Kirk maneuver and, and get us away with both swag and our uh, our tickets, yes. our general admission tickets. It, so. it was our it was my corbomite maneuver. It was it was you uh. flipping the bird to the man, basically. <laughs> the great bird of the galaxy. Yes. Well, let's kick it back over to Bob. Well, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I think about conventions, and it's and like I said, I prefer. The ones where you can actually talk to people and spend some time and whatever. Um, but another aspect of the conventions is I would go to a WonderCon or a San Diego or some other Comic Con. And I stopped reading comics probably back in college. So mm-hmm. I'm going there and I'm looking for that one table, maybe two tables that might have some monster stuff or some sci-fi stuff, movie stuff basically. Now there's more because it's now they combine everything. But when I started going to Monster Palooza, which I mentioned before, here's a whole con of that one table that I wanted to find. Mm. And they've got a whole dealer's room of that stuff. And uh, it's just it's amazing. And like I say, it started in Burbank, and then it's kind of it's over in Pasadena now, and it's getting bigger. But um, it's still kind of family run. And it's not corporate yet, so it's a lot more fun, I I'm, think, than like we, they've got Silicon Valley Comic Con, which is Steve Wozniak runs that thing, and it's like I go in there, I could probably go in and out of that thing in two hours and be done with it. Um, the big corporate stuff just doesn't doesn't even fascinate me anymore. Mm. I'll go in and see a couple people I want to see run through the dealer's room, call it good, out I go. But, um, yeah, but like with the Monster Palooza, I go down, spend the weekend, you know, two, three days down there. And, you know, this last one I went to, they had an amazing uh, panel, uh, the making of uh, Shape of Water. And they had Mike Hill and another uh, special effects guy there that that worked on the film and actually created the creature for the film. And it was a great hour-long panel. And, uh, you know, I... That's the kind of thing I love to see. So I, I've had some good experiences at Monsterpalooza, but then I've had some kind of so-so experiences too. Not not all the panels, and they only have one panel room, right? Or did they expand it to more rooms in in Pasadena? Well, now it's like two buildings in Pasadena, so they okay. have a, they have one building which is a huge panel room, and they have a couple smaller ones. But okay, I remember, and I'm not knocking anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, we sat in a panel for the Universal. Studios, Monster Nights, and we stood in that panel to catch the panel that followed it or something. But I don't know. Some of the stuff just didn't... And, hey, different strokes for different folks. I went to WonderCon. I sat through the Christina Ricci uh, panel. I asked about Angela Houston and, and Raul Julia, and she gave some insight into working with them. And, you know, funny little tidbits and stuff. 
Uh, Katie Sackoff from Battlestar Galactica gave a great discussion during her panel. Um, so I guess it, it just depends on where you go and what you're interested in. Um, uh, Walker, panel-wise, convention-wise, have you had any... Uh, any well... Uh, go ahead. I guess I would say one of the things I liked about Monster Palooza, and I, I guess I have to preface that with Monster Palooza became my convention after San Diego Comic Con just became too much of a hassle. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed Comic Con uh, for a long time, but it got to the point where both from uh, the mechanics of trying to get just even get a ticket um, and then the cost uh, associated with like trying to get a hotel room. And then a lot of the hotels, I mean, not only had they jumped their prices up so high, but then they were not uh, they wouldn't refund. They'd charge your credit card immediately and, and there was no possibility of refund. So San Diego just started to become a hassle. Like in the last time that I went to San Diego, there were multiple times where I couldn't even get into panels that I wanted to. And it wasn't Hall H. It was like just regular panels. So mm. I became disillusioned with Comic-Con and then discovered Monster Palooza. And at that time, it was still in the uh, Marriott in Burbank, not far from the right next to the airport. And I really liked it because it had that small, intimate feeling. And, and like one of the best experiences there was... I don't know if it was the first or second time I went, but they had this King Kong panel. Oh, um, yes. Bob, Bob Burns was there and uh, had the the, uh, the the original King Kong uh, the armature. Uh, armature. Yes, thank you. And then they brought out cake for yes. everybody to eat to celebrate King Kong's birthday. And it was just like that feeling of like a small convention of people, you know, fans real fans and i really enjoyed that um but i like you larry there's a lot of times where the panels don't click for me mm-hmm. and i did go to the first uh monster palooza in pasadena and i i did i don't know i felt like a, a little bit of the magic had been lost um for me personally um so i don't know I'd, I'd like to go back and do another monster palooza maybe i'll do son of monster palooza because mm-hmm. um, it's back at the marriott yeah son of um, monster palooza at the marriott's a little smaller it doesn't have the amazing uh, museum but oh, uh, they really? don't do the museum no anymore. they don't do the museum mm-hmm. uh smaller dealer's room less guests of course uh it's a, it's a slimmed down version but it is back at the marriott and that's the best thing you get a hotel room at the marriott which isn't that bad yeah and you just go it's down the nice elevator hotel. and boom, you're at the con. Right there. They used to uh, do yeah, the monster yeah. thing in at the Marriott in that little room, at least the time that Karen and I went. Yeah, yeah. Monster yeah. Palooza, when that was at the Marriott, they definitely had but they don't, the museum. They don't do it but Son of Monster Palooza is a kind of yeah. trimmed down uh-huh. version, so they don't have that. I really like having the yeah. convention in the hotel, too. That's really convenient yeah, you, you walk know, through the so lobby not, and there's like you know sarah karloff and you know just sitting well, there you know having coffee with friends it's like well wow. that's the thing like you can sit in the lobby and just wait for people to walk by say hey how you how you doing how's it going you know and so karen and i well no we had breakfast with you or dinner but anyway we were at breakfast one morning and there's the suit actor for godzilla and he's talking yeah. to the guy cooking his eggs Gojira. 
And it's like, wow. Nakajima-san is sitting there. One morning there at Montpelier when I was in Burbank, and I was sitting down in the lobby on my Service Pro or whatever, trying to get a Wi-Fi link. And Shinichi Wakasa, who builds the Godzilla suits, came down, and oh. um, you know my friends and I are, are good friends with him. So, you know, he sat down. We were talking, and then Nakajima comes down, and he sees Wakasa, and he Nakajima, who played the original Godzilla, sits down at our table, and the three of us are just chatting it up, and you know, <laughs> things great. like that. Or like, we always had a running joke that we'd go eat breakfast at Denny's, and we'd always see Wakasa over there, and he'd <laughs> you know show us stuff on his iPad that you know no one else had seen and things. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you get to know these people, and it's like amazing stuff. I, I went to one Monster Palooza, and it's like I'm walking through the, de- the dealer's room, and it's when I had just moved into a, a new house, and I was like in the process of putting together my Monster Garage, and uh, I see Wakasa, and the first thing he asked me, "How's your Monster Garage coming?" <laughs> oh man, the the guy who makes Godzilla suits is asking me <laughs> yeah, that's cool. about my Monster Garage. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Bob. You said you've never gone to a, a walk, Walker Stalker. Walker Stalker, uh, yeah. Have you had friends who've went and told you negative experiences? No, I mean, Stalker, I've had friends that have assuming... gone, but they're not regular con goers. So they, uh-huh. you know, they don't really know what other cons are or could be or were. Mm. So, you know, they, they did enjoy it. But again, you know, it's like a creation <coughs> convention. So, yeah. you know, it's like. Pay this much, get an autograph. Pay this much, sniff them. Pay this much, get a photo. Yeah. Pay this much, go to this panel. Pay this much, get access to more panels. You know, it's like they just bleed you dry. You know, that's why I don't go to any of those things. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Walker Stalker this year. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will tell I you, said hi. The, the reason we're going is uh, one, two, three. There's four of us going. And they had something on Groupon, and I want to say it came out to like twenty bucks a person after the Groupon. It was like a four pack to get in. Yeah, to get in. Well, I'm I'm not going after autographs. I'll go for the panels and stuff. Um, once upon a time, I did go for autographs. Got pictures and autographs with Nimoy, Shatner, and I'm so happy I did. One of my fondest memories is taking a picture with Nimoy, and this was in Vegas, and. Um, you know, I'm like, oh, he's like, oh, are you having a good time? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is better than sitting with Santa. And he got a good laugh out of that. You know, he's like, well, you know, enjoy the show. I'm like, oh, thank you, Mr. Nemo, you know. Um, I, there's no one in Walking Dead that I want to take pictures with or, or autographs of. That that part of my fandom, I guess, is over. Uh, I did do the Batman the year that Bob, you know, went out there, got Adam West and... Uh, uh, don't regret it, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to hear some of the panels. You know, I love The Walking Dead. I love Fear of the Walking Dead. I listen to or watch The Talking Dead. Um, I don't know if they're going to have something like that set up, but uh, later on this year, it's supposed to come in December. I will give a full report to our listeners. Yeah, let me know how it is. Yeah, I, I will not be there. but Definitely let you know. Walker, one of the fondest memories I have of Monster Palooza is visiting the Tiki Tea. Uh, <laughs> Walker and I would always build in plus days, so the convention starts Friday, but we we touch in Thursday morning, 
and we went to the original Bat Cave. We've gone to uh, uh, Vasquez, Vasquez Rocks. Rocks. A uh, number of Star Trek films and movies uh, were filmed out there. That's uh, where Kirk fought the Gorn. Yes. I have been to Vasquez Rocks. We've also stopped at uh, Bronson Canyon. Uh, and Bronson. this last time down there, uh-huh. the Hollywood Museum oh. had the 1966 yes. Batman display, which was a whole right. floor of props and costumes and things from 66 Batman, which... That needs to be a permanent uh, museum. Yeah. I, I was saying, you know, if, if I had gone there when I was like 10 years old, I probably would have had my first orgasm. <laughs> well, Walker and I, not not just going to the Bat Cave, and, and we'd also build in our plus day to go to Bob's Big Boy <laughs> in Burbank. <coughs> Uh, I know this isn't directly genre-related, but if you get a chance to go to Bob's Big Boy in Burbank, do so. Um, Hey, look, folks, we appreciate you coming in and listening to us meander on about all things cosmic and galactic. It's come to the point in our program where we uh, start our uh, sensor sweep, and uh, this is where we bring your attention to some of the greatest and the latest products and shows in the universe that have come to our attention, and in this uh, episode, uh, we're going to turn it over to our reconnaissance officer, Karen. What do you have to share with us? Well, I've got something here that uh, probably only of interest to Star Trek fans this week. <laughs> um, there's a company called uh, Quantum Mechanics or QMX, um, and they've put out these really nice uh, Star Trek insignia badges uh they're metallic and they're magnetic Mm. so the 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 nice thing about these is you can wear these on your shirt or if you have a costume if you're into costumes um you can put these on and you don't wind up with holes in your shirt anymore because they have uh, a detachable back plate that has magnets in it and so uh, you just attach it and it sits there on your shirt and doesn't cause any damage. And uh, they've got these for Star Trek Discovery with all of the different branches. So you've got command, science, and uh, operations. And uh, they also made one for the Mirror Universe, too, which, you know, oh, has cool. the real terrifying, you know, uh, super tyrannical authoritarian look. Um, and the, all of these are about range anywhere, depending where you buy them, uh, about 12 to 15 bucks. They're nice. They, I've got a couple, they feel nice and heavy. Um, you can get them, uh, quantum mechanics has a website or you can go on Amazon and, um, find them. So if you're into costuming or you just want to have a nice, uh, Star Trek prop, uh, in your uh, house or to wear on your T-shirt or something. Cool. Um, these these are really nice, really cool. That is good to know. I, I might have to actually invest in some for some cosplay. Hey, um, we have come to the end of this podcast. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, we have some great podcasts coming up in the future, so follow us. Um, uh, we have a presence on Facebook at... Um, Planet 8 Podcast. We have a presence on Twitter, uh, Planet 8 Cast. Of course, you can find us at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com. We'd like to thank you all for listening in. Remember to like our pages. Remember to comment on our pages. 
share in the experience. Give us some of the uh, past conventions that you've been to and what you thought of. Until we meet again, take care of each other. Planet 8, end transmission. Get a life, will you people? <laughs> I'm crying out loud. It's, it's just a TV show. 